It is great to have you join us again on the Grief Observed podcast. I'm Brad Morell, and I'll be guiding us through today's episode. Um, the invitation is always open for you to be a guest on the podcast, like my guests today. Um, so contact me at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. Share a glimpse of yourself, the person you've lost, and your grief journey, and we'll schedule your uh, participation on the show. So just come on and uh, send that email. Um, today, we're honored to have what I would consider a courageous mother and daughter duo joining us, uh, sharing their heartfelt journey through loss. And uh, in 1998, tragedy struck their family as they said goodbye to a beloved son and brother. Um, so I want you all to welcome to the show, Julie and Valerie. Hello. Julie, Valerie, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're joining me. And uh, as I always state, it's I hate the circumstances that we meet, but I'm really glad that you're here to uh, just, I guess, open eyes and share your journey with others so maybe they can uh, just figure out maybe where they're at in life. And I think it's really good just to hear other people's stories. And, and you know, even if there's uh, stories that, don't really resonate completely. At least people feel they're not alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why don't uh, each of you take just a moment and you can tell me about yourselves and uh, you may want to announce who you are, I guess, when you speak. And that way, um, so I, this is my first podcast with two people at once. So mm -hmm. my ADHD is really going to kick <laughs> in here. So <laughs> makes two of us. <laughs> all right. All right. Good company. Um, so I don't know, Julie, why don't you go first? I'm Julie, Travis's mother. Um, we grew up in a small community, rural, actually, uh, Guttenberg on a farm. Um, Jeff and I became parents quite young and, um, we had hogs on the farm and the kids went to a school in Garnavillo, Iowa. Um, Travis loved the farm. <laughs> when he got off the bus after school, he was the first one to run down to the barn to see if his dad needed any help. Um, then when, uh, he got older, he would drive the tractor to school for FFA class. Um, he would often mow the lawn. We had a huge yard and he would ride the, the lawnmower around the yard and hook a little wagon on and give his sisters rides. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then as he got older, he would help uh, his other friends who farmed and, uh, so is that a big farming community that, that you're in? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. We're okay. in Northeast Iowa. It is a big farming community. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm kind of in a, I would consider a farming community here in Tennessee. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, tractors are very familiar to me. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. Yeah. So Valerie, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I was, uh, 14, just turned 14 when my brother died, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> my best friends were, were my brothers and my sister growing up. You know, we were all real close and had had a perfect family, perfect life. I That's how I always felt anyway. Yeah, so you have two other siblings. Yeah. And uh, as we had discussed a little bit before we came on, uh, you were, you were kind of in the middle there with, yeah with another sibling. So we, we talked about that middle child syndrome a little bit, but yep. uh, so, all right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for giving me a little bit of background about you all. And, um, uh, not to put you on the spot, Julie, but how old were you when Travis passed away? I was 36. 36. Wow. That's um, to me, that's even young now. Looking yeah. back, I, I'm 48, and uh, it's like um, I, I can remember what I was doing 12 years ago, and uh, I guess still trying to figure out life in my own way a little bit. But to to lose a child at 
at that age or any age. Right. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know if you can describe that. That's yeah. You wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The words um, cease to exist truly to explain how devastating it is. I, I could just uh, continue with um, the day Travis was helping his, one of his best friends finish up picking corn. It was late and it was November, November 17th, 1998. And uh, they were happy that they finally got all the corn picked. And he was so tired, but uh, he said, we're going we're gonna to go to a movie. We're, we just want to go out and do something because we're happy we finished picking the corn. Mm. And I just, I, I remember thinking back, I wish I would have just told him to stay home. Didn't he have supper with us, though? I thought I, thought I remember him yeah, eating yeah, supper with we us did. before they no, left. No, he didn't. He didn't eat He didn't us. eat with We us. were eating, though. We did, yeah. yeah, but he didn't. He wanted to get going. Yeah, he wanted us to all see Ch that, that truck, though. Chad's dad had a new truck. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we did. I remember no, looking we, out the bay yeah. window. Yeah, we had a big bay window in the living room. And our main living quarters was on the second floor. But um, they left. We just went up on our evening watching TV. The girls went to bed. Oh, I slept on the couch. He took my mom, took me to Walmart and got me a tape for my birthday. And I, I got an Eve Six tape. That was like his favorite band at the time. And he took my tape with him, <laughs> which I didn't realize mm. until after he left, you know, because I was going to play it for dad and so i was sleeping on the couch waiting for him to get home to get my tape back <laughs> but hmm. julie you you stated something there you you stated that uh you wished you would have told him not to go and i'm wondering um you know things it's hard to tell people this but things work out i guess exactly the way they're supposed to go and mm -hmm. Using a word, you know, or words stating that I, I wish I would have told him not to, mm -hmm. I can hear a measure of guilt there. And I'm just curious, like, has that went went away over time for you? Well, it has, you know, because when I do think about it, it's like, had I made him stay home, he maybe have. he <laughs> would have uh, passed from a brain aneurysm or maybe something else would have happened like you said, it, things happen for a reason. Yeah, one of the things, and I've, I've mentioned it in one other podcast, is all the what-ifs that mm -hmm. go through our minds whenever uh, someone passes away. You know, what if I said this? What if I would have stopped this? You know, and, and what I've learned um, through another great grief counselor, David Kessler, um, is to change those what ifs to even ifs. Yeah. And like you're stating, even if he would have stayed home that night, yeah. something else could have happened. Yeah. And and honestly, the guilt is is not something that I feel like you should own. You know, that's uh that's hard, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's it's not yours to own. Right. You know? Yes. That's something that um, comes with time, I think, for me mm -hmm. anyway, because I think I've, I've, in my mind, I went through every single what if that you could possibly think of. And the only thing that's ever helped me was accepting that it doesn't, there are no what ifs. There are no what ifs because nothing would change. Things happen the way that they're supposed to, no matter if we like it or not. And, and being able to accept that is what's important and realizing that it, you'll feel better in time. You know, it's, you know, it's just a space that'll always be there. You just got to learn how to be all right with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do talk about that as well. The, the what ifs of the past, we can't change anything from the past. You've got the what ifs of the future. Like what if this happens or what if that happens? Uh, those are also fairly useless. Um, for the most part, I, I think there are times to question what ifs, but for the most part, when it's hanging out in anxiety and worry, that's not the what ifs that we need to, to listen to. Mm -hmm. But I think instead of looking at 
past or future. We need to look at what is. Um, and sadly, the what is in this situation is that Travis is no longer with you, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. That's that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to take some time to honor your your son and brother. And, and I would love for each of you to just kind of maybe highlight some cherished memory that you hold dear. Um, just maybe one of the, the favorite moments that you had with your son and brother. I've got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Valerie. The boys, my brothers, were getting ready to go out with their friends, you know. And this would have been just a few months before for the accident because they were old enough to drive. So, <laughs> and they were sitting at the kitchen table, arm wrestling, and mom and dad were staying, standing there. You were taking pictures, yes. I think. And <clears throat> my sister and I were watching them, you know, and just just how it was just a fun fun time. They were laughing and hollering and, and we were all smiling. And that's probably one of the best feelings that, you know, I remember of everyone, just all of us being happy and having fun together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, but I guess I, I have a lot of memories of riding in that wagon too. He, he was such a farmer. He was just Mm. a good farm kid. He always had a smile on his face, always happy, always ready to work and help his buddies and the neighbors and, He was just a great kid to be around. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Julie? Anything that sticks out in your memory? Oh, there's several. But kind of to add with the farming, uh, we have what's called Plowman Barn Days in our area. And uh, the old farmers, would they get together every year in the fall, and and they, they do demonstrations, you know, how to make hay, how to make sorghum, and and he would volunteer to park cars for people when they would come to to watch plum and barn days and he enjoyed that um one of the fun, funny memories it always makes me smile and laugh is when i think of one time when we had a house full of guests and <laughs> travis was at the table eating an orange well here i didn't know he had a slice of orange peel in his mouth and and I looked over at him just in time to see him smile, and nothing was showing <laughs> but that orange peel. Oh. <laughs> it's so funny. That reminds me, I don't know if either of you have seen the show Lost. It's one of my favorite TV shows ever. Yeah. Uh, but one of my favorite characters in that, uh, it, it's honestly right after um, this plane crash on an island, mm-hmm. and he's eating an orange, and you know everyone's just in a horrible headspace but he just kind of looks at this girl and smiles and he's got that orange pill in his mouth you know it it really kind of i guess broke up all the the stuff that was going on there uh, the tragedy Mm -hmm. yeah he lit up a room he did i'm sorry he would light up a room oh nice nice Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm curious of like you know, how did this loss impact your family dynamics and maybe like relationships with each other? It sounds like you're a very close knit family. Um, what changed at that point? Everything. Yes, everything. I watched the life leave my mom. Mm. I really did. Mm. It was devastating. Mm-hmm. It was like my my whole everything I knew was just done. Hmm. Um, if it weren't for my other three children, it's terrible to say, but I honestly don't know what I may have been capable of had he been an only child. Thank God he wasn't. It, yeah. 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 That's a, a very dark time yeah. for someone to lose oh, a child, especially, um, a young child, you know, it's, uh, I, I feel, you know, it, it's amazing what I look at as young at this point in life, mm-hmm. but, but I can definitely say, uh, throughout life, 17 is, is young. Yes. Oh, very. And the older I've gotten, the more I've, I've realized that, you know, cause I was only 14 when that happened. And, and I remember like, Oh, just over the years, certain things that stuck with me or that, you know, certain years it would bother me more than others. Like when I turned 17, yeah. you know, that, that bothered me 
for some mm. reason. And then, and then I became a mother at 20, and I named my firstborn after him. His name is Dane Travis. Uh. So, you know, there are just things that over over all these years, you know, obviously we, we wish that he would have been there to see. And, and But I, I think he's, he sees in a way yeah. still, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's been a quite an experience. Say that again. Sorry. It's been quite quite an experience. It's gotcha. It's shaped us into who we've become, but it's it's taken a long yeah. time to get here. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so Valerie, tell me more about that. You said when you hit your seventeenth birthday, you was it a fearful moment that oh my gosh, this could happen to me as well? I think so in a way, but it was also like man, he was only 17, you know, because I mean, just he, I always felt like he was old, you know, he was older. He was my big brother. And now that I'm pushing 40 and I look back at that, I I realize how young he really was. And it's like, wow. Hmm. It's just, it's a totally different mindset, obviously as an adult than, than what I, what it was then. And, you know, we probably all should have been reaching out and we had a lot of family and friends mm-hmm. that were always there for the longest time. We, we had a, all kinds of people there to be supportive and, and they really were, they were amazing. They, mm-hmm. our friends and family, I think definitely held us together for the most part as best as they could anyway. And the Stephen ministries. I, well, yeah. they, yeah, Julie, you had spoken to me about that before. Tell me more about the Stevens Ministries. Yes, yes, just some church members from St. John's here in Guttenberg, and, and they volunteer, bless their hearts that they do, and counsel to people who are grieving. And I, I really didn't see much benefit to the girls. Josh didn't want any part of it, but. Well, yeah, I know. I only I talked did. to somebody the one time, I guess. Yes. But that was it, and I probably should have stuck. With but see, I think that was just part of it for me. Was I? I just didn't want to talk to anybody about it, really. And I think it's because I was young and I didn't know. Yes. Well, yeah, I think uh, the older I've gotten, it counseling has become more important to me. Not just because I am one, but. Um, I see the value in it, and I personally do not counsel children. Um, I, I did, like, in my internship years, but uh, I always want people who see the value in counseling. And, you know, I, I went to counseling the first time at age 15, and I certainly didn't see that value, especially as a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's two strikes, right? Age and <laughs> gender. Um <laughs> But even even a young girl at 14, I can see where you just didn't understand the value or maybe maybe you didn't want to share or didn't know what to share. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I think that I um, I was just kind of closing up about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to deal with it really. And I, I think in a big way, I, I did everything I could to try to block it out, yes. which was not healthy because I turned to drugs and... That was, that's for another day, (laughs) but, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, and our son, yeah, Josh too. I mean, it it really affected all of us. Well, that, that kind of leads me into, uh, you know, another question that, uh, I ask a lot of times and that's, did you have any coping mechanisms that, uh, maybe you employed individually or as a family just right after this accident? For me, Any healthy healthy coping strategies or unfortunately no. I'm mm-hmm. for me, I I became cold, I feel, towards my other children. It was like I was afraid to be close to them because I couldn't bear to lose another one. And mm. and uh my husband and I turned to alcohol and we dabbled in drugs and it was just a, a very dark period for a few years and we even ended up divorced. And uh, now we are back together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How many years did you spend divorced before you got back together? Um, A little over four, almost five years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see things like that happen, especially after um, a tragedy. And it's, 
if you don't have the proper ways to cope, if you don't know how to make sense of really what you can't make sense of, um, you do turn to things or people or just anything. I, I call them cheap anesthetics. Uh, that's that's the way I describe it. It's it's something to fill the void. And one of the things that I, I like to talk about is instead of filling the void, F I L L I N G, sometimes we have to feel the oh, the void, right? F E E L. Yeah, and that's exactly what we should have been doing. Mm-hmm. And but I don't think that any of us could handle doing it. You know, not for, at that time. I mean, we just had no idea. How, I mean, you know, we, none of us had ever experienced anything like that. And it just tore us apart so bad mm-hmm. that we didn't know what else to do. Well, you know, we should have been there more for each other. Looking yes. back now, yeah. I know what probably would have worked a heck of a lot better than what we chose to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've got 25 years of telling you what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's all right. You know, but... Yeah, we're always uh, a work in progress. Um, you know, I'm wondering, like, if there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that's hearing you all state, we did some things wrong. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them uh, to do? Hang in there. Yeah. Hug the ones you got left because they love you. Yeah. They mm-hmm. will do it. And you guys need each other more Keep than ever right now. You need each other. Yeah. and Talk, yeah. talk. Seek out the help. Yeah. Don't be ashamed to say, I need someone to talk to. Just listen, yeah. hear my story. Cause yeah. there's no, yeah. uh, there's no end to this in a big way. Uh, right. It gets easier over over time. You'll yeah. learn to accept it in a way, but don't it don't never turn goes to, away. Don't turn the things to fill your void. You got to feel your void, like Brad. Said. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was well said. Yeah. I, yeah. So let me let me ask you this, and uh, like. It sounds like you all both went through kind of the the school of hard knocks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, can you recall like a specific moment or an event that kind of marked that turning point in your grief journey? Go ahead, Val. What, what do you mean, like, like you were you were seeking out bad things um, to kind of, I guess. What what made me turn to that? No, no. Like, like what, what changed in your life to be where you're at now? Cause you're, you're giving me a different grief story than, than what I would have seen from you all several years ago. Right. If I would have met you all on the street several years ago, I would see people who are, you know, like you said, into alcohol or drugs or, or something that, uh, you know, is unhealthy. Absolutely. But now you, you seem so different than the way you described yourselves in those earlier years. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I just got tired of uh, being, feeling empty because I've got, I, you know, I've, uh, now I have three kids and I still have my brother, Josh. I still have Mandy. I still have mom and dad and we've all got our own kids now. And, and I still have a big, beautiful family and I love them all. And, and I, I need them and they need me. And, mm-hmm. And I don't want to see my kids go down that road. I don't want to see my nephews and my niece go down that road. I don't want to see anybody hurt. And so I guess I just got to lead by example now. Mm, yeah. And just be happy and be a, be a better person. And in order for me to do that, I, I can't be on drugs. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't uh, be trying to fill a void that isn't, it just doesn't happen that way. Right. That's and just it's no only life. temporary. Yeah. Very good point, Julie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those things do. And that's why I call them cheap anesthetics because it is temporary. You know, it, it may make us feel better in the moment, whether we're uh, seeking out unhealthy relationships or alcohol or drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is temporary and it's not, it, it's really um, making us avoid looking at the problem or, or the thing that we're trying to deal with. So very good point. Um, so I don't know. What about you, Julie, on that? Um, do, do you know a specific moment where you said, okay, it's, it's time that I figure a different way here? I think when I became a grandmother. 
That mm. really helped. That was a good turning point. I don't know that one yet, but <laughs> I, it, it could be any moment. Who knows? So, uh, um, I, I, I'm sure that does change. My, my mother always told me, she said, if I would have known how fun grandkids were, I would have had them first. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, blessing. And of course I, I tried to turn my life to God more. I've always been a believer. I've always had strong faith, but the first few years after the accident, I was kind of upset with God. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then again, it was also like, wow, you've shown me how powerful you truly are. Mm. So, yeah. And to see um, the healing power of God, you know, just the way it seems like both of your lives have been very much transformed and even more so positively in these later years. So I can see where God would hold a special place. I also understand that part of blaming God or being upset with God um, in the beginning. So, hmm. Yeah, I think the first, you know, in the beginning, it's it's tough because there's just no, you just don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. And it's different for everybody. We all grieve in our own way, but... I think after a person goes through something like this over time, you know, and you realize that, hey, this is what it is and we got to be all right for everybody and Mm -hmm. especially for ourselves, then it's just easier to help other people feel okay about what they're going through because I Mm -hmm. know what that empty feels like and, but it's going to be all right. We'll get through it. It'll be all right. Yeah. At first it's such a hopeless feeling and, and for a mother it's, and then the accident was so close to the holidays. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That was the last thing. I couldn't even eat. I felt guilty if I did eat. Travis couldn't eat. Why should I eat? Mm. I don't think we even put up a tree that first Christmas. I don't remember. If I honestly do don't think we did. We were all just like, we don't feel like it. Yeah. And then you count every first. You know, okay, it's it's been a week. Well, now it's been a month, then six months, and then the year, that first year, every first holiday without him, the first birthday without him. Mm-hmm. Boy, I mean, yeah, anybody who grieves knows all about the firsts. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah. So you're right in the fact that, you know, November 17th, that would have been extremely close to Thanksgiving. I don't know where it fell in that year. And then, of course, Christmas and New Year. And, you know, I always state that holidays are kind of a marker in our brain. We can, mm-hmm. you know, if if I said, hey, what were you doing, uh, you know, April 14th of whatever year, unless it's your birthday, you're going to be like, I have no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if I ask, you know, a, about Christmas, it's going to bring up those memories. The first Christmas without yeah. Travis. What did yes, that look the first like? Christmas you know? and- without Travis, our grandparents took uh, the whole family to um, a hotel with an indoor pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, took the, took us all down there. And I think that it was wonderful that they did because all of the cousins were there and aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and we needed that. We, we needed did. that yes. so badly. And I had a dream about Travis that night. That we were all out at the farm, you know, sitting at the kitchen table, and he was sitting in dad's spot. Dad sat at the head of the table, and he was an angel. <laughs> like he, he looked like Trap, but like he, he looked like an angel with wings. And, and I was just looking at him, and he was just said, Everything's going to be all right. Go tell everybody everything's going to be all right. And I woke up, and that's exactly what I did. You remember, I ran down to where everybody was sitting. I'm like, I just had a dream about Travis. He told me this and, and I'll never forget that. Cause it was like, wow. Wow. Do you all still have dreams about Travis? Yeah. Very rare. Hmm. I pray to dream about him. Ah, I love dreaming. It's, <laughs> it is, it's like, I almost want to go to sleep just so I can dream. <laughs> you know, I, it's, uh, it's a pleasurable thing for me. I, I I do enjoy it, but uh, I think whenever we have those visits from beyond, I guess you know those uh, sometimes confirmation dreams. You know, stating, "Hey, our loved one's okay." Um, 
but I, I just think it's so neat when when people visit in our dreams like that. It it just keeps them their spirit alive, you know. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Um, trying to think of some other questions, you know, at, you know, as a mother and a daughter who've experienced this shared loss, uh, do you find comfort in, in passing down stories about Travis to, uh, like Valerie, your kids, do you, do you tell them about uncle Travis I, or I do a lot? Yep. I talk about okay. him a lot. I love talking about him. Mm-hmm. I really do. I see him in my kids. I see him in my oh, nephew. Yes. So much. Our and it's just, yeah, I mean, he, he lives on through all of us. Yes. <laughs> Our youngest grandson resembles him so much. Yeah. It's uncanny. Just, it's like looking at him all over again. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So you've got some little farmers over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does, if we were still on the farm, yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah we moved off the farm a year after uh, the accident. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's... uh. Farming is a tough job and I've, I've got about 24 acres, but it's, uh, mostly hay and woods. I I don't have any animals here. So, um, but farming is not for the weak. And, you know, when you're going through something like that, I can, I can totally understand moving off the farm. Mm -hmm. That's a, a lot for, uh, someone in, you know, with farming, it's, it's not a, a safe occupation either. And when your mind is elsewhere, yeah. you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for potential harm. Right. Another thing I felt bad for Val is, you know, because the accident was so close to her birthday, then to turn around that year later, when we did move to town, it was the day after her the birthday day or day before her yeah, birthday. We moved to town the day before my birthday. So was that was really year. a rough year for her. Mm. as well just a lot of it different was, things it was a lot yeah. you know i mean it was like every every aspect of my life was changed drastically for all of us yeah for mm. all of us so as you continue through this uh changing grief you know we, we've stated grief never goes away but it changes mm-hmm. um like what goals or aspirations do you all have for yourselves or, or maybe your uh, families as you move forward? You know, you're, you're 25 years out at this point. Yes. What changes with your goals? I just, day by day, just take it day by day. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, be a good person. That's what yeah. I tell my kids. Just be a good person. Believe in God. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Yes. You know, because you never know what's going to happen. There's things in yeah. life that we can't replace, and that's the people we love and the time that we have with them. Mm-hmm. And make sure you spend it, spend the time with them that you can, because when it's gone, it's, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mm-hmm. only thing that we cannot control, pretty much. And that that's a tough one, but yes. it's part of life. It's part yeah. of life, and. Uh-huh. Like my grandpa always used to say, nobody gets out of here alive. That's right. No <laughs> one's gotten out of here yeah, alive yet. Right. <laughs> but, but it's okay, though. It's okay because yes. that's just how it is. On the anniversary, I thought to myself, well, now that it's been 25 years, we're 25 years closer to being together again. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's something we don't think about. But uh, I, I certainly hold the belief that we will... Uh, meet our loved ones again, and I can't wait to do so. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly want to continue living life. I enjoy yeah. life, but uh, but I, I can't wait to see certain people again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it already feels like a lifetime for, for several people that I've lost in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, uh, it, it I don't know, sometimes it feels like I've lived several lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just, it's amazing all the transitions in life. And, uh, so many times I I think about people that I've lost and it's like, I would love to tell them this or that. And, Mm -hmm. um, like my, my paternal grandfather, his burial flag is above my degrees and license in my office. And I chose to put it there because, um, he always asked about my school, you know, how, how are you doing? Are you getting close to finishing? And unfortunately he never got to see me finish school. Um, and obviously 
didn't get to see me become a counselor, mm -hmm. but it's kind of my way of remembering him and remembering the man he was. Um, and, and just, I don't know. I always look up and think of him. Mm -hmm. Do you all have items like that? Anything special of Travis's that you yes, hold dear? Mm -hmm. His hat. Um, yep, we still his have his coat. hat and coat. Iowa Hawkeye coat, yes. And uh, okay, we have a, a teddy, big teddy bear with a T-shirt yeah. on it. Uh, the T-shirt has a picture of Travis and all of his friends signed, signed their names, and we still have that. The night of the wake. The yeah. teddy bear mm. was at the wake, and anyone who wanted to sign their name or a little something on the T-shirt could do so, and we still have that, too. Mm hmm. hmm. I think that, um, like at this point for me, the fact that we have all been through what we have and we're still here and we're and we're all right, I think that if we can help just one other person get through their day, yes. especially mom, because mm -hmm. I've seen how it, just for me, like when I the first time I talked to somebody else who lost a brother, I was like, it was almost like a breath of fresh air, like okay this person really does know how I feel in a way, you know, yes. that helped me a lot. Yes. That helped me. And it's stuck with me. And I think it will forever. And I think that mm -hmm. maybe you experienced something like yes. that when and the neighbor girl lost her son. Yes. Yes. And that's how I feel about this podcast. Yeah. I think if, if I can mm -hmm. help one grieving mother, it's all so worth it because trust me, when I say, I know how you feel, I honest to God know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you're, you're right. I, I think, um, that was my main intention whenever I created this podcast mm -hmm. was just to number one, give other people a platform to speak about their loss and their grief journey. Yes. Um, because I don't think we do that very often. It's grief is one of those things that most people close up about, you know, it's, mm -hmm. we, we're always, uh, you know, quick to tell people when we've had bad service at a restaurant or, uh, you know, just about maybe, you know, the things that we've done on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um, but we don't talk about grief. And I think that's why, um, we stay in, I guess, a locked position sometimes in grief and mm -hmm. we don't know how to get out of it. We just right. don't talk about it. Yeah, that's so true. I did that for years, I feel. Yeah. Like it just stayed stuck and continued grieving. Yeah, it's, you can't brush it under the rug because it's always, it's, it's always there. You yes. have to, you have to grow through what you go through. Yes. Well said. So let me ask you, like, how has the loss of Travis, like, influenced your perspectives, like, on, uh, I don't know, the concept of time and, and the fleeting nature of moments? Like, has that changed the way you look at that? Well, yeah, don't take life for, you know, granted, because yeah. it can change in a heartbeat. It does. And I, <laughs> yeah, I do cherish the time and it does make you realize just how fast time goes. I cannot believe it's been 25 years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it goes by really fast. It really does. Mm -hmm. I, I still feel like I should be 20 something at mm -hmm. this point, but, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, here I am closing in on 50. I, I remember my daughter, um, several years ago, we were riding around in the car and, and my daughter's 21 now, but mm -hmm. she was, I don't know. Um, my brain's not doing math, but I remember her, <laughs> her stating dad, I guess it's been 13 years ago. Cause she said, dad, do you realize in 15 years you'll be 50? And I'm like, all right, no more math for you. You're not going back to school. <laughs> and here I am two years away. It's like, where did time go? Yeah, Unbelievable. It does. It really does. <laughs> so here we are, you know, closing in on the holidays. And I'm curious, are there any ways that you still um, keep Travis in your lives around the holidays? We talk about him a lot. Yes, we talk we about him. We share memories. And Actually, I have two little um, Christmas ornament stockings that have his name on them oh, that are hung by the fireplace right now. Ah, 
Very nice. And some of the, um, believe it or not, they're that old, but some of the Christmas ornaments that he, he made, made in I elementary oh are on is. the tree. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And um, it's sad to think, you know, we have a, a memory book of him. Every picture I could possibly find is in that memory book. And sometimes we'll pull that out and look mm -hmm. through it and, and I have a, a little book that he did probably in kindergarten, first grade. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he wrote, my my dog buster. But if you read it the way he wrote it, it says, my gob. My gob. Busters. <laughs> I always find them. Yeah, so. But yeah, just sweet little things like that. Hmm. And that <laughs> helps keep his memory alive. We always called him Trat. Yeah. That was, that was oh. just, that was his nickname. Yes. Always Trat. Trap. Mom, hate, mom hated that. <laughs> I could not stand that. Why on earth do you call him Trat? Do you know how people look when you say Trat? <laughs> T-R-A-T. And then yeah. uh, after he passed away, I came up with, um, I said T is for totally, R is for radical, A is for awesome, T is for Travis. Yeah. Not such a bad name after all. Mm. <laughs> Well, what else can you all tell me about either grief or Travis? Like what, uh, I don't know, any, any other thoughts that you have going on? I know we've, we've hit a lot of great talking points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've really got anything more right now. I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, I've got to ask like, um, and, and I know the answer to this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. What do you think Travis would be doing today? Working. Farming. farming. <laughs> Was that I knew it. I knew it. Yes. He would when you've got farming. farming in your heart, you just yeah. can't can't let it go, can you? Or operating oh, big did. equipment. He, he would, would even be, uh, during Halloween, he would dress up as a farmer. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he would dress up as a farmer for Halloween. Yes. He just, it was who he was, yep. and he yep. loved it. It was in his blood. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> farmer tried and true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Julie, I, I know how I met you. I'm curious, like, would you suggest anybody else get out there in any type of social network group to, uh, I guess, learn more about the grieving process or to maybe not feel so alone? I would in a heartbeat. Actually, as we speak, I know of someone who I'm going to um, forward this to. It's funny how we met um, Valerie's youngest son, our grandson was with us at a restaurant. <laughs> it's a funny story. Uh, the waiter came over, asked us what we would like to drink, and then out of the blue, Bentley said, <laughs> guess what? And bless his heart, he went with it. Yeah, what? what's that? And Bentley said, uh, I'm going to go through puberty soon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the waiter said, no way. So am I. <laughs> and, you know, one thing led to another. Well, pretty soon here comes his mom saying, you know, you better go get their drink orders. Well, come to find out she too lost a son. So the waiter who is there lost a brother at age 17 just like oh, us. Wow. Yeah. Hers was on uh, Thanksgiving Day, so also in November. Just so many things in common. And it's like if our grandson wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> spoke up and started this conversation with, with the waiter, we would have never known. And now her and I have exchanged phone numbers and that so whenever we yes, it yeah, the good Lord sends us to where we need to be. And, yeah and who we need to be with. And I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe you. she, yeah, she needed me and, and I'm there for her. Shot, yes. That was a God <laughs> shot. You're right. So yeah, I am definitely gonna, gonna pass it along to her and anyone else who wants to listen. I'm here. I'm here. Mm. Yeah, me too. I wish I'd have done this 25 years ago. Amen. You know, but, um, better late than never. Yes. I don't think we had internet yet then, did we? Maybe dial up. Yeah. Dial up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're giving me flashbacks and that horrible noise. Oh, and man, I'll never forget that sound. <laughs> waiting like four hours for a picture to load, yeah, you know. 
Oh gosh. And here we are creating a podcast over the internet. Isn't that awesome? That is wild. Oh, how my, my, how times have changed. Yes. Ain't that the truth? Hmm. Do you think, uh, like what piece of technology do you think Travis would be absolutely surprised 25 years later to see? A phone, cell phone. Oh yeah. The cell phone. And By, then yeah, the, the, the new, um, like combines that are computer. Oh computer yeah. Oh yeah. Now. Oh man. You oh, would love that. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Cause he operated all, all that, you know, yes. he, he could drive a tractor around at what, seven, eight years old. They, yeah. I mean, well, young, probably yeah. eight or 10 for sure. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he would definitely love that. Yeah. Hmm. So I've got one more question for you all, and we've kind of danced around that topic a little bit already. But um, Julie, I think it was you that stated a moment ago that you know God has directed your paths, and I'm just curious. Do you feel? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but through this tragedy in your life, um, can you see that you're on a path to truly help others through what was tragedy, what was horrible thing for you, and now you're using it to help others? Yes. I, I can't say it's a blessing in disguise. I will never feel that way, but I do feel it's it's opened my heart and mind Mm -hmm. to realize just how important it is to be there for people who are grieving, mm -hmm. especially when you lose a child, because I've lost several people in my life and nothing, nothing compares to the loss of a child. It just mm -hmm. goes against everything you're brought up to believe. We're, you know, they're supposed to bury us. Yeah. Chronologically speaking, oh, yeah. you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, it, it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't imagine, and I hope I never have to face that. I really do. You and I both. Yeah. God forbid. But, you yeah. know, like over time learning to uh, accept it and, and mm -hmm. be okay with it because you have to be. Yeah. You have yeah. to be. I don't have a choice. Yeah. I can't bring it back. Or you'll suffer or forever. God knows I'd have done it by now if I but, could bring it But back. you can hopefully help somebody else get through their day because yes. you know how they feel at the time and mm -hmm. that they're at and... We've got 25 years behind us. Yes. And somebody else might not have yeah. 25 days. Right. And oh. it's a long road. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it you get through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, taking this long road has gotten me to where I can be a lot better than taking any of the shortcuts I ever took in life. <laughs> they never got me where I should have been. Right. But this one is one that I've had to deal with because there is no other option. And, and it's uh, definitely made me a, a stronger person in a lot of ways. Me too. And I think about how many roads that uh, all three of us on, were on that led us right here to this podcast right now. And mm -hmm. just when you think about what's the chance of uh, you ladies meeting some guy from Tennessee to yes. talk about grief, you know, it's... It's not a road that any of us, I, I actually didn't even have a thought about being a counselor years ago. I, I actually had very long hair and was going to be a rock star and that didn't turn out well for me. So great. <laughs> well, here I am nearly bald and, uh, I can thank the Navy for that. I, I got the haircut. It kind of stuck and has receded over the years, but, um, you know, it's, it's so wild just to see how so many roads, um, lots of good and, you know, several bad things in all of our lives yeah. brought us here today. So I, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in chance. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I know that it, it sounds like, uh, God has you all on a mission and, uh, I don't know. I, I just hope you keep that going yeah. and really influence other people's lives. I hope so too. This is the first time I've ever talked to somebody about, about this 25 years this is the first time. Well, I always tell people, you know, even though this isn't a counseling session, I, I try to give people good tips and things yeah, to think yeah. about. But I always encourage, you know, if if uh, someone's not in a good place to 
go seek counseling. And if, if you find some kook out there, I promise we're not all that way. Um, (laughs) go find somebody else. You know, there's somebody that will be there for, you know, all of us. Mm -hmm, And even as a therapist, I would have no problem. I've had counseling several times in my life. Um, even as recently as maybe three or four years ago, mm-hmm. I can't ask other people to believe in it if I don't believe in it. Right. right absolutely. So I think there's somebody for all of us. And the great thing about counseling is that person is not personally invested in your life because I always state, you know, our families, they tell us one of two things. They either tell us what they think we want to hear, mm-hmm. or they tell us what they think is best for us. <laughs> and neither of those things are always helpful. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so always, you know, I, I do encourage anyone listening. If if you're in a bad spot, certainly find somebody, uh, find a grief group, find mm-hmm. you know a Facebook group, or uh, definitely go to counseling. Um, don't, don't walk this alone. Speak about your grief. It, it does, um, make things more bearable. I never want to say it, it makes things easy. It's never easy losing someone we love. That's but, right. uh, it sure helps. It helps. Too. Absolutely. Yes. Well, ladies, I can't thank you enough for joining me. I really appreciate you, uh, just, being vulnerable and, and open about your situation. And, and I hope it's been, uh, just, I don't know, a a place that, uh, you've been able to open up and and say things that maybe you've thought for years and, Mm -hmm. and just never knew how to, to state. It has. uh, I I really appreciate you having us on your, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. You're very welcome. So listeners, I I appreciate you being with us here on yet another episode on Grief Observed Podcast. And like I state, uh, if you would like to be on the podcast, please contact me at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you've been blessed by uh, Julie and Valerie's story today. And again, I encourage you to uh, find somebody that you can tell your story to, regardless of, of being on a podcast. I know this isn't for everyone, but find someone to talk to about your grief story. I know that, uh, it, it helps you get through this. Um, and it, it helps keep the memory alive of the person that you lost. So once again, thank you very much. And I hope you were blessed by this podcast. Have a great day, everyone.